Please listen carefully. Hello, universe. Welcome to the Optimist Daily Update. I'm Summers McKay. And I'm Christy Jansen. And we are part of the team behind the Optimist Daily, making solutions the news. We bring you reader-supported solutions news every day in order to change the tenor of news media, social media, and the direction of your day to help us all get focused on solutions. Seven days a week, we publish positive news stories written by award-winning journalists and delivered online to your inbox and through our social channels. And also, we are sharing these solutions in a commute-worthy, walk-worthy, and home-office-worthy podcast. Today is Monday, the 6th of June, 2022. Happy June 6th, Christy. How are you? I'm good. Is June 6th a, a day to specifically commemorate in your mind? I mean... Yes, every day. <laughs> every day, day is specifically okay. commemorate in my mind. <laughs> well, happy happy June sixth to you as well. So I mean, I think wouldn't that be a nice way to start the day for everyone all the time? Is if we just like greet people, you know, happy June eleventh for no reason. I don't know. But ha- happy Monday. <laughs> happy Monday, exactly. And you know, Mondays can be happy. <laughs> we're we're busy here trucking away at the Optimist Daily. Lots of good stuff going on. Anything interesting to report in your journey toward optimism, Christy? No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No. No, she says frankly. <laughs> well, okay, here's here's my here's my my thing. Mm-hmm. I finally have started using my rower that I bought in the early days of the pandemic on a daily basis. <laughs> that is fantastic and fantastic for your mental health. It is. And actually, I've been doing it now for a couple of weeks, but it makes me want to get up. And before I even get up, I have my alarm on uh, like snooze, but I go down there and I do at least two snooze mm-hmm. cycles rowing. <laughs> so you, you're pretending you're still asleep. Kind of, yeah. And you're rowing. That's funny that you say that. So my little one gets up really early, but she's still tired. And I came up with this plan of a couple days a week, just popping her in the stroller and going and getting my early morning walk while she slowly kind of wakes up and has her little breakfast trail mix and I can walk the dog. So it's kind of like pretending we're still asleep, yeah. but exercising because I'm doing the exact same exactly. thing. And why is that so important, Summers? Is, is that a good thing for our mental health and our physical health? It turns out physical exercise and communal exercise is actually very good for mm-hmm. our mental health. We talk about it a lot on The Optimist yeah. Daily that, you know, physical exercise is important. But the headline that I'm actually picking today is about that. And it's about the effect on youth as well. So my headline reads, if you're ready to get into them, you ready? Yes, I am. Team sports reduce children's risk of mental health problems. Participating in sports from a young age is essential for developing motor and teamwork skills, improving self-esteem, and reinforcing healthy habits. But new research from Cal State Fullerton, California State University of Fullerton, has just added even more knowledge on this front, explaining how different types of sports can impact youth mental health. Now, a national study included 11,235 participants aged 9 to 13, analyzing the type of sport each individual child was involved in and their association with mental health. Matt Hoffman, who led the research, is quoted as saying, as mental health trends continue to change, it's important to get up-to-date information about the link between organized sport participation and mental health. 
The results found that individuals with fewer mental health difficulties, including anxiety, depression, withdrawal, social problems, and attention problems, were those involved in team sports. So those who played team sports had fewer reports Mm -hmm. of anxiety, depression, withdrawal, social problems, or attention problems. Exactly. Both you and I are scientists when it comes to these sorts of studies. So causation and correlation can often be challenged. I think in thinking about this, the age range that they're talking, 9 to 13, those kids who are involved in team sports at that point are probably selecting to be in it. So I'm sure that there is some selection that kids who want to be in team sports may have a different sort of composition toward mental health. But we do know that being in a team sport leads them to feel a stronger sense of community. Due to the pandemic, youth largely were not able to participate in organized group sports. And the research points to this as one of the factors contributing to decreased mental well-being in general for kids. Something that is interesting is that surprisingly, this study also found that youth who exclusively participate in individual sports, such as wrestling or tennis, can actually face greater mental health difficulties than those who play no sports at all. As the parent of a very little person, this got me curious about Hmm. what early introduction to sports looks like and what the value of early introduction to team sports would look like in order to chart the path on whether or not a kid would be more likely to engage in team sports as they age. And it does turn out that children in general are introduced to team sports between the ages of two and five. They're more likely to play team sports when they are older. Mm-hmm. So little soccer <laughs> if league. If you've ever been to like a t-ball, a t-ball league, it's not about the sports. It's really about following directions exactly. and being on a team and, exactly. you know, playing with your friends and <laughs> learning not to pick the flowers. Everybody running in the wrong direction. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're taking a break from Brennan in her soccer class because it just seems to be that she's right in that in-between stage. She's a little too old for the tiny ones and a little too little for the bigger ones. So we're, we're taking a little break, but I, I, I was delighted to see that it does have a positive impact. This study also urges people not to jump to any conclusions about the possible role individual sports play on mental health because more research is certainly needed to truly understand this. But it does suggest that it's critical for young athletes who are playing individual sports to receive support and guidance from parents, guardians, and coaches to ensure mental health is not negatively impacted. I think all of this comes in the context of like the holistic child really paying attention to, yes, we're involved in individual sports, we're involved in team sports, and we spend a fair amount of time talking about our feelings. And acknowledging feelings is real. I do think there's something about this which points to the importance of being a part of something bigger than yourself. Yes. That maybe the kids who are on a team get that that connection, Mm -hmm. whereas the kids who are competing against themselves and who have that kind of individual pressure don't get that sense of being a part of something that's bigger than them. Right. Right. And and of knowing that success and successes and failures are shared. Right. Right. And that I think is like winning and losing can be shared experiences. Mm-hmm. They're not individually isolated. Yeah. So it's definitely a, a valuable reminder for those people whose children are participating in team sports. And then also for those people who are in communities, how can we support children's mental health right now? And knowing that 
mental health is really important is making these programs available, making these conversations available. You know, it's this is interesting because I never did team sports and I shied away from them because I felt if I didn't perform well, mm-hmm. I felt so much worse in a team context than if I if I didn't beat my personal time mm-hmm. swimming. Mm-hmm. I gravitated towards the individual things where I was really just competing against because I, I'm too tuned into other people. Yeah. So I wonder I wonder if it's also a personality thing. Like some kids may thrive. Well, and that's what I was saying is the correlation and causation is is a bit murky in mm-hmm. this particular study. It's more of a, you know, analysis of behavior. I did both team sports and individual sports. I had a fair amount of trauma around my soccer team. I had this absolutely, I went to this (laughs) elementary school where the kids were horrible up until sixth grade. And one day, all of the girls on my soccer team actually brought extra water bottles and trapped me in the goal and beat me up and pour their water bottles on me. Like, just like literally like legit bullying. Oh. But it was also like that was the community and the environment that I was living in at that time. And bullying was just kind of a pretty common tactic. I then moved to a smaller community where I really did flourish in playing sports. And very few of the athletes were really good, but we all really tried really hard. But I, like you, Christy, definitely was better at individual sports. I was a better swimmer and a better tennis player than I ever was a soccer goalie, but I gave it my all. So (laughs) I think it's a really interesting question and I like that they're studying it. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, my article, the headline reads, this hackathon made more equitable construction wear. And this is something that I find really, I, I just loved this story because it talks about equity and it talks about default male bias which is sort of how our, our whole world is kind of constructed around the default male body. Mm-hmm. Men's and women's bodies are designed differently. Even if they weigh the same amount, the way that fat is distributed, women have shorter torsos and larger hips, and it's a different body. So what this hackathon was looking at was construction wear, which is becoming a field that we need more construction workers in our country, in the United mm-hmm. States. It's one of the reasons we don't have the number of houses that we should be having is because there's a there's a, a lack of skilled workers in those fields. Mm-hmm. This hackathon is about construction wear that isn't designed for comfort, especially if you don't have that default male body. And with the wide range of body types in the construction mm-hmm. industry and its growing diversity in terms of men and women and other bigger, fatter, shorter, I don't know, different sizes of people, construction wear that seems to operate on a one-size-fits-all standard, uh, even when it comes to safety, is a problem. In a a dangerous workplace, the right fit of a safety vest isn't about comfort, it's actually about safety. And that's what this the recent Cal Poly VEST hackathon, that V-E-S-T, which stands for Verifying Everyone's Safety Together. It's a hackathon that came, they came together to set out to solve this issue, this problem. Mm-hmm. It was the the brainchild of a woman named Lizette Galvez, who was a Cal Poly construction management alumna and is a current project manager. She's a project engineer at PCL Construction. And so she wanted to look into today's protective equipment standards and design something that might be better. It came out of an uh, an accident that she was involved in when her oversized safety vest got caught on a piece of construction equipment. 
she thankfully was not seriously injured, but it made her realize this is a an ongoing problem. And if, especially when you're working around, you know, big equipment and high up, I mean, that could really be a problem. So she reached back out to her to Cal Poly, which is where she graduated and some of the professors there. And with help from colleagues, she conducted some research and collected enough data to prove it was a common occurrence for many construction workers, particularly women, to not have well-fitting safety vests. And it affects more mm. than safety. So in a safety vest with, where the shoulders are too wide, the arm openings are too big, it also has to do with a sense that women don't feel like they even belong in that field. And so that's what that's what this is all about. So Galvez got together with the Cal Poly Women in Construction Club. I guess there's a club at Cal Poly in the construction management team. And they held a hackathon, bringing students together collaboratively to solve the problem. They broke into six teams. And the winning design is a vest that features weight distribution with adjustable straps on the inside with vertical zippers for more access points and a higher up back pocket for better ergonomics. And not only that, it has a, a tool-specific storage pocket in it as well. Even the collective design was something which, which I find appealing. It's a different way of design thinking that solves a problem that a guy would probably never have occurred to him because the, mm -hmm. the vests are kind of designed for his standard body shape. Although with men who have a bigger belly, maybe it wouldn't work as well. Or men have all different shapes too. But starting with this better vest, the Cal Poly Vest Hackathon broached the larger subject about how construction wear could be safer and more equitable mm -hmm. for everybody. Right, right. There's been an evolution in scrubs, but this was true for like med tech mm -hmm. wear. Absolutely. We talked about it being, you know, something that occurs with, uh, you know, people who are in the space program. All of this is, you know identifying that they can be built differently. <laughs> yeah. They were going to have yeah. two women go on into do a spacewalk, but they only had one small, extra small spacesuit because <laughs> so they were fighting over right. which, because they didn't design them for women's yeah. bodies. They designed them for the default male body. Exactly. And, um, for men. And that's a, that's a problem that you find in all different areas. Exactly. Well, we've got some other great stories today, how fish evolved to generate electricity and how it can save lives. What you need to know about NASA's new mineral dust detector, California doubles down on becoming a sanctuary state for abortion rights, and UK surgeons perform the first ever carbon neutral cancer operation. What else, Christy? We have six herbs with antiviral properties worth adding to your pantry. The world's oldest tree may actually live in Chile, after all, and not in California. And five easy strategies to break your interrupting habit. <laughs> That and much, much more, as always, is available on the Optimist Daily. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's Optimist Daily update. We promise to continue to share positive solution-based stories with ideas on how you can participate in this changing world and ensure it is changed for the good. We promise to cover the current events with accuracy, legitimate sources, and offer you the information needed most to chart new paths for all of us. If you would like to support us for free, share us on socials, forward a story to a friend, make sure you leave a positive review on our podcast page for Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the podcast. However you do it, be part of the solution changing consciousness that addresses our world's biggest challenges with a problem solving mindset. Let's keep the Optimist Daily free for everybody who needs it, supported by those of us who can. Thanks everybody. We will be back tomorrow with more solutions. Bye for now.